What is up, everyone? I'm Jeremy. We got a fun show for you tonight. Coming up on the other side of this 30-second little shindig, we'll show you. We're going to welcome Hayes Carline on from 1010XL in Jacksonville. Welcome Harrison Glazer from TakeFlightMedia.org. Covers the New York Jets. We had a lot of fun. We'll talk to Sean Watson trade. We'll talk to David Cauley. Talk a whole bunch of other stuff. And... That music just gets you pumped, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm feeling it. Watching that countdown, you know, you're just excited for the show to start. Sure. Listening on the audio version, that music is just pumping you up. I know you're fist pumping in your car or wherever you listen to it. What is up? I'm Jeremy. That is Drew. You can follow me on Twitter at SimvilleCLE or follow Drew at DetroitDave7. Follow us on Twitter at SDFSPod as well. Brother, how are you doing tonight? Well, doing well, man. Good evening. How are you? I cannot complain. We got a fun show coming up. We're talking Jags. We're talking Jets. It is time for the offseason. 30 of 32 teams have made their way to the offseason. Only two teams remain, the GOAT and the baby GOAT, Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady. We will talk more about that later. But we're going to talk Jaguars coming up here in a little bit. Jaguars is an interesting team. And speaking of Jaguars, right before the show, you broke some news that Mark Brunel joining the coaching staff in Detroit. Yep greatest coaching staff ever assembled i mean it's all former players i mean i know i know it's uh it's a little unique and and who the hell knows you know how it'll how it'll go but everybody loves the old left uh left hand gunslinger back there you know in in the quarterback room it'll be it'll be fun to see i mean does this mean you need to get a left-handed quarterback now well that really limits you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that that really limits you there. Um, but, no, I'm excited about that, man. I mean, listen, the Lions, it's the offseason. This is when we get excited. So we're going to enjoy it until it's back to reality. I mean, you wanted two of last year. Maybe you get two of this year with the lefty. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Anything is possible. It is a good week for football, though. We know it's it's Brady. It's Mahomes coming up in the Super Bowl. What are your early thoughts on that matchup? Awesome. Freaking awesome. ridiculously awesome. Um, what, I mean, how much better can it get? I mean, Brady, like, how this guy just goes to the Super Bowl. It's just what he does. Um, and Patrick Mahomes, man, he's kind of the next potential. You, you think that he potentially one day could be in the conversation with a guy like Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested to see. I mean, it's nice especially in Tampa Bay, you get AB rested up, ready for the playoffs. Um, I'm excited about the matchup. It's going to be, I think, high scoring. I think it'll be fun. Uh, I, and shit, I'm looking forward to it. What's your early prediction for a final score? 38-35. I'm, I'm thinking who. higher. Really? I, I'm staying within a field goal. I was thinking 45-42. Wow, that's a lot of points. Head. It is a lot of points, but... Hey, if we get a fun Super Bowl this year, it'll be a great way to end the season. And, man, it sucks to think that we only have one more football game. Yeah, it's terrible to think, actually. Uh, if you think about it, it's depressing. Uh, we go into, like, 
kind of, yeah, you got some meaningless NBA games, mm. baseball, spring training rolls around. Hey, there's Augusta. Kind of the only thing we have to look forward to at this point. Um, but this is kind of the time of year where, like, winter becomes, like, real shitty because, like, mm-hmm. you don't even have football to look forward to. <laughs> and it's just cold and miserable. So, yeah, no, I don't like this time of year. Yeah, for anybody wanting to watch football this weekend, the Senior Bowl is going on in Mobile, Alabama. There are some players to keep an eye on there. Uh, Demetric Felton, I think it is. I was talking about yesterday. Can't find my notes on him. I got notes for our guests right now next to me, and that's it. Kid out of UCLA looks explosive. He's a running back, probably moves to wide receiver. A few other kids down there looking really good right now, making a name for himself. Alex Leatherwood, a lineman from Alabama, supposedly. It is a great name. And he's looked okay so far at the Senior Bowl. And we'll talk more about the Senior Bowl probably next week when we Mac, start. Mac Jones rolled up preview. his ankle today, I heard. Yeah, Mac Jones has a chance to make himself some money down there. Let's see how he does. But before we talk about next week, we are talking about next season. So with that being said, our off-season preview begins with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And to do that, we will bring on the Jacksonville Jaguars reporter for the flagship home of the Jags, 1010XLAM. And the co-host of the Frangie Show, Monday through Friday on 1010XL. Hayes Carline, let's. Hayes, how are you? Jeremy, Drew, good to see you guys. How are you? Doing well, sir. Welcome on. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for hopping on. How are things uh, in beautiful Florida? Well, we've got Trevor Lawrence now, so they're yes. glorious. Yes, absolutely. And and you're <laughs> jumping right into it. Uh, how's everybody in Jacksonville feeling? Uh, is guessing. Uh, confidence level excitement's a little bit higher than it has been previously yeah no question these last uh four months were just brutal uh opening with the win over the colts uh which no one anticipated and then really playing the titans close in week two and and scoring 30 points in a loss and you kind of felt like well maybe these guys will be better than what we think and uh no they uh proceeded to then lose uh the the last 14 and 15 overall (laughs) Um, but 14 that you really couldn't feel all that great about. And, uh, yeah, so it was uh, it was the eighth year I've covered the team. It was certainly uh, – we've had a lot of lousy ones, but this one was uh, was just absolutely brutal uh, week in and week out. But then at the very end of the season, you have the Jets find themselves and somehow, you know, screw it up for themselves Ruined for the next Ruined four it. years. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so it was the the day the Ravens beat the Jaguars like forty to fourteen. Was three hours later was when the uh, the Jets upset the Rams, and then everybody was like, "Oh my God, this might actually now happen." And because everybody in Jacksonville had sort of resigned themselves to they were going to choose between Fields or Wilson and yeah. and be in that number two slot. So and then the Jets went and beat the Browns the next week, and the Jaguars had it locked up. Uh, going into week 17. So ever since then, there's been a lot of optimism. And then Shad Khan uh, really hitting a home run with the hiring of Urban Meyer has just really brought as much excitement to the city since we've uh, you know seen in, in 2018, when uh, the early part of 2018, when they reached the AFC championship game following the 2017 regular season. Yeah, absolutely great hire for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban comes in, he will change the culture there. But what are expectations year one for Urban Meyer? I think they're going to be higher than maybe what they'd be comfortable with um, because I think this fan base sees it, you know, it remembers the Colts getting Andrew Luck and going from 
I, I want to say maybe one win the year before Luck got there uh, when Peyton was out with the neck injury. Um, and then Luck turns it around immediately. They win 10 or 11 games. They get to the playoffs. And I, I think that there's going to be some uh, – at least there, that's going to be the – that's going to be the really optimistic view is can Urban Meyer in year one with Trevor Lawrence orchestrate that kind of a massive win improvement of like eight or nine games. Um, and, and I will say, I mean, you see the the ammunition the Jaguars have with yes. five, not just Trevor, but five picks in the first 65, all the cap space that they have 11 overall draft selections. And uh, yeah, there's certainly reason to believe that if Trevor Lawrence is the kind of player that he's being hyped to be, that this can be a pretty quick turnaround in Jacksonville. Yeah, and especially, I mean, you look at the team with kind of the weapons Trevor Lawrence gets to walk right into. I mean, with DJ Chark, LaBiscuit Chenault, the running game, Robinson was a wonderful surprise for them. Uh, so, you know, Lawrence is walking into a team where, you know, you have a different coach and, you know, Urban Meyer's system. How do you think, in your opinion, Urban Meyer's system translates to the NFL? Because it certainly seems to be going that way, and I think it's a benefit for him. He's probably recruited 50% of the guys in the locker room. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and I do think the it's never been easier uh, for a coach that's been in college to make the transition to the NFL. And, and the point that, that sort of I've been making is, look, uh, Cliff Kingsbury has been able to do it, and that's not a knock on him. But I would say that Urban Meyer has a much more impressive resume. Sure. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury was a sub-500 coach in college. Urban Meyer is a three-time national champion. And I think what's been interesting is you're seeing Urban, they haven't announced staff, but certainly we've seen the reports of, you know, Daryl Bevel as OC and um, the receivers coach, uh, you know, that have been in the league for, you know, 15, 17 mm. years. Uh, so I think Urban is really, uh, you know, going after as much NFL experience as he can get on that side of the ball with his staff. Um, so I think, I think there will be a blending of, you know, things that urban sees that he feels like, you know, are, are on the cusp of the innovation that we're seeing in the NFL, but also having that checks and balances with his staff of, Hey coach, I don't know that this is a good idea based on, you know, particularly with Daryl Bevel's experience calling plays. So, I, you know, on paper, it looks promising, but as we've seen uh, here in Jacksonville, things on paper quickly fall apart sometimes. <laughs> yeah, this was a team that was, what, three years ago, they were a half away from going to the Super Bowl. Now we're talking about That's the right. number one pick. Like, so yeah. you look at the guys, we know who they want to draft. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. There's talk that, oh, Justin Fields, there's people who say that it's Trevor Lawrence. Other Correct. than that and the draft picks, you have $65 million in cap space. How are they going to spend that? Is Cam Robinson coming back, or are they going to go heavy into free agency? Yeah, great question. I, I would bring Cam Robinson back. I just I would not want to open myself up to trying to figure out who's the left tackle when I'm bringing in a player like Trevor Lawrence. And I think Cam, Cam Robinson has been better than what a lot of people think. He's still just mm. 25. Uh, he's got 50 starts if you include the playoff games uh, his rookie year. And, you know, I don't believe that he is a great player, but I think he is steady. And, you know, whether it's probably best to use the transition tag which for Cam Robinson, which we don't often see in the league, mm. but he's probably not good enough to put the franchise tag on. And I can understand why uh, Urban would be a little reluctant to, you know, hand over a four or five-year deal uh, for somebody that he's yet to really work with. 
So, you know, I, I would say maybe the transition tag, which isn't as costly and does, you know, allow them the, the chance to match anything that uh, another team would, would offer to Cam Robinson. But at the end of the day, I would keep Cam Robinson with the cap space and with the importance of that position. I would want to have Cam Robinson in the fold. Now, they may elect to take a left tackle you know, in the second round, maybe as high as the the Rams pick at 25. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what I would do, but you could certainly draft a player to push Cam Robinson and maybe eventually supplant him, but I'd keep Cam Robinson. And what would you do with that Rams pick at 25? You know, I think defensive tackle is a huge need for the Jaguars. Taven Bryan's been a massive disappointment. They really don't have anybody uh, that can provide an interior pass rush but the problem is, uh, you know, and I'm sure you guys have seen it, that you know the, the guys that really break the draft down are, are calling it a, a really weak year for defensive tackles. So yeah. uh, does a Christian Barmore, is he still there at 25? Or does the lack of uh, supply there you know, push him into the teens? Is, and if he's not there, then there really does seem to be a bit of a drop-off, at least when you're talking about the 25th pick. Um, but defensive tackle will be a, a big issue really across the line. For the Jaguars, they feel good about Josh Allen and Caleb on chase on. But, you know, depending on what the Jaguars decide to do on defense, they may move to a three, four. Um, so they really need some big guys up front. And so I think they'd love in free agency to see like a Leonard Williams come available. I, and I don't know yeah. if, if that'll happen. But uh, if it does, I would anticipate the Jaguars doing whatever they have to do uh, to secure Leonard Williams. And kind of for me, the last thing I'm thinking is just when you look at this offense going into next season, me being familiar with Daryl Bevel, he does like to run the football. Do you expect this team to try to run it a lot? Do you expect the RPO early on just to kind of try to get Trevor Lawrence a little bit familiar and a little bit confident going early on? I think so, because I think Trevor really will give opponents trouble because he can move. We've seen it. You know, we saw him break the 50 yard touchdown run. Uh, against Ohio State in last year's uh, playoffs. So he clearly has that ability. So I would utilize it. And you feel like he's a pretty, you know, well-built kid. So you feel like he's going to be able to take that uh, and, and hopefully be able to protect himself. But I would think that, that it is part of the offense. And, you know, they do feel really good about James Robinson, as, as they should, uh, yeah. going over 1,000 yards as an undrafted rookie. I think they need to add – a speed back and in, in to help more in the passing game. But in terms of running the ball, they should really you know, be in pretty good shape. I, mm-hmm. James Robinson is not a home run guy, but he does seem like somebody that consistently is going to get you four or five yards. And those guys don't tend to have massive regressions. Uh, it's not like he relies on hitting the 60 yarder to have a good game. That's, that's really, he almost has good games in spite of that ability. Right. And so, you know, I would imagine that he'll remain at least somewhat consistent. And I would think Trevor will be able to give them at least more on the ground than even what Gardner Minshew was doing when he was playing at his best. Do you feel like Trevor has an unfair expectation or the expectations are going to be unfair for Trevor Lawrence coming in, seeing what we saw from Joe Burrow this year, seeing what we saw from Justin Herbert even this year? I think as as long as, you know, he always wins the Super Bowl and is first team all pro, I think he'll be fine. I think, you know, he'll he'll satisfy all the expectations that the Jaguars have for him, uh, at least the fans. I, uh, you can't underestimate how excited people are for Trevor Lawrence, how uh, huge they're dreaming about what he can be in this league. 
Uh, and so I, it's not going to be fair. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is, is going to be expected to arrive week one and be arguably the best player on the team, if not, you know, one of them. And, and certainly a reason that, that they win games, not somebody that they have to hide, not somebody that they have to sort of have him manage it and hope. I mean, I think the game plan early on is going to be put it on Trevor and, and see what he can do. So uh, it's it's going to be difficult from the expectation standpoint. Um, and you just hope with his, you know, three years in college and what he was able to do to Alabama as a freshman, that he'll be poised and he'll be able to handle that. Any thoughts on possibly Deshaun Watson being part of Jacksonville or is it Trevor Lawrence or bust? It's Trevor Lawrence or bust. I, I think if, uh, yeah, I think, I don't think the the Jaguars would consider and Deshaun Watson's a great player. I mean, I, I think he's a top, you know, five to 10 quarterback, but you know, the, you're already having to pay Deshaun Watson big money. Trevor Lawrence will be cheap for, you know, at least three years, if not yep. four, but if, even if he, if he's a superstar, he's cheap for three years. And I think the feeling here, it may end up being wrong is that Trevor Lawrence is going to be better than Deshaun Watson, that Trevor Lawrence has a chance to be, uh, if not the best, maybe the second best player in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes, where I think people see that Deshaun Watson is a really quality starting quarterback, but I don't think there's a lot of belief that we're going to look up in two or three years or five years and Deshaun Watson is one of the two best players in the NFL. And it's going to take a whole heck of a lot to get Deshaun Watson. That first round pick will get that number one overall pick will get the, the conversation started. And and for a team like Jacksonville, and again, for for most number one overall picks, they're kind of going into situations, at least offensively, that don't necessarily have much talent. And I do think that lends itself, you know, for early success for Trevor Lawrence with the weapons Jacksonville does have. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, DJ Chark was disappointing this year, but there was a lot of quarterback. I mean, just con- continual shakeups. You had Gardner, then you had Jake Luton, then you had Mike Glennon, then <laughs> Gardner. I mean, it just was a real mess. And so yeah. DJ Chark only finished with 700 yards. But I think perpetually going forward, he is going to be more what we saw two years ago, where he's going to be easily over 1,000 and probably in double digits when it comes to touchdown catches. And LaVisca Chenault really did a lot of great things as a rookie. So his second year in the league, you'd like to see a jump there. Colin Johnson had some moments as a rookie. Mm -hmm. And again, I think in free agency, that's going to be a position the Jaguars are going to go after because frankly, there's probably going to be, that's the one position you can sort of count on. There is going to be free agents available. I mean, that's, it's, it's almost hard to foresee a, a scenario where the receiver board is, is totally protected. So um, I, I don't. I think in a lot of other positions it'll be kind of bare, but I think at receiver uh, there will be a lot of options. So the Jaguars are going to spend that money. Shot Khan is absolutely de- uh, determined, devoted to spend. Uh, he, that's always been uh, something that that he has done in his ownership. It hasn't always worked out because his general manager hasn't always signed the right guy. <laughs> we'll see what Urban Meyer does with with the uh, cap space. But they're going to be aggressive. So I would think the receiving core is, you know, Chark, Visca, the big time free agent addition and uh, and Colin Johnson. And I would think Chris Conley and Keelan Cole will probably be allowed to test the market. LaVisca Chenault's an excellent player. I really like that pick for the Jags last year. He can do almost anything on the field. Former running back Colorado is Gardner Minshew back with the Jags next year. 
I don't think so. I, I think Gardner really wants a chance to to be the starter somewhere, and, and that's just not going to happen here. I don't think right. he's ready to enter into that point of his career where, you know, he's the mentor, backup, big brother, you know, helping the the franchise quarterback. And so I think Gardner needs a fresh start. I think I my guess is the team is going to view it that way as well with Trent Baalke staying on as not staying on as general manager, but being promoted. Uh, to general manager uh, to work alongside Urban. So, um, you know, I, I don't know that Gardner Minshew handled things great last year. Um, mm-hmm. And so Trent Baalke returning, he's going to be able to give Urban Meyer all that information. So I think it's probably more than likely that Gardner Minshew will be elsewhere uh, next year and the Jaguars will probably go and seek more of the the Chad Henney kind of guy, the, the older, early 30s, the guy that kind of – has had time to reflect and realize I'm not a starter in this league, but if I can play my cards right, I can still make really good money and be more of a mentor to a younger guy. That's really what the Jaguars need in their backup position right now. 100% agree with that. Drew, any more questions about the Jags for Hayes? No, that was so much great information. And by the way, backup quarterback's a hell of a gig. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks again, Hayes. I appreciate uh, it, man. Hayes, before we let you out of here tonight, going to fire some rapid fire questions at you here. A little okay. getting to know you. All right, let's go. Favorite movie? Braveheart. Favorite band or artist? Uh, Depeche Mode. Best Jaguar of all time? Tony Baselli. Better hair, Gardner Minshew or Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> if you could sit next to anyone on a plane, who would you choose? Margot Robbie. I'd like to sit next to her on a plane as well. <laughs> if you weren't doing radio and covering the Jags, what job would you be doing? Bartender. Okay. Have you ever swam in the pools at TIA Bank Field? I have not. You want to, though, don't you? <laughs> I am waiting for the Super Bowl party. <laughs> Perfect time. And will Tony Baselli ever make the Hall of Fame? I think ever, yes. Uh, but I don't know if it'll be this year. Hayes, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, you can sir. check out Hayes. Thank you, guys. On 1010XLAM, as well as the Frangie Show, 3 to 6, Monday through Friday on 1010XL, the flagship home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hayes, you have a great night. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, man. Thanks so much, gentlemen. Thank you. Excellent work from Hayes. Uh, Kind of surprised to hear that he didn't think that Gardner really handled things well last year, but it shows on the field that he wasn't playing as well. Maybe he went in expecting himself to be more of – the guy there in Jacksonville. I mean, let's be honest. Like he kind of Gardner Minshew himself kind of made himself like just his persona and his image and Minshew mania. Like he made himself kind of maybe even his mind, some a player, maybe he's not. Um, and you know, maybe he didn't get a fair shake and, and who knows, but I, yeah, I, I think at this point, I completely agree with Hayes. You bring in a veteran backup to kind of, you know, show Trevor Lawrence the way and you go from there. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And Hayes, Hayes, excellent guest. I uh, enjoyed the time with him. And sorry, I dipped out on you again there at the beginning beginning. of the interview. I didn't know where you went. I was like, I guess I'm just going to start going. (laughs) I was just, you're gone. (laughs) I'm rolling with this new mouse. And apparently this button right here sends me back a page on my, uh, my internet here so i'm like what am i doing in the login stream 
It's the like, beauty of being live. I was like, because you were like, yeah, I'm going to I'll start it off. And then you were gone. And I was like, <laughs> is he there? Can I not see him? But no, it was good. And and he was a fantastic guest. And and I uh, maybe hopefully next season we can we can uh, get back in touch with him and kind of check a pulse on uh, Jaguar Nation and Duval down there. Duval, you know, a guy I was going to bring up, but uh, I didn't want to go Browns here as we were talking Jaguars. And I'm wearing, oh, by the way. Brown shirt. This is our new brown shirt for bonfire.com. Backslash stores. Oh, it's so comfy. It's our new FCFS store T underdog t-shirt. You can check it out there. Let me pull up that banner for those of you watching. That's bonfire.com backslash store backslash FCFS dash T's. And now that we've plugged that a guy who I think would be a great fit there. If they go the free agency route in Jacksonville at defensive tackle is a guy who played for the Browns this year, Larry Ogunjobi. They drafted him out of Charlotte three years ago. He hasn't really lived up to potential fully, but he can get to the passer at times. And with this draft and the weak free agent market, he's a guy who's probably going to get paid more than he deserves, but he definitely would fill a hole with Tavin Bryan not being very well there. What were your thoughts about Christian Barmore at 25 for the Jags? Interesting. I mean, I I don't hate that idea. Um, the Jags are going to have plenty of options on what they want to do moving forward. I'm interested to see – well, I think we're certainly going to know quickly which direction Urban Meyer is going to take this thing, and I'm very interested to see that. One thing we know with Urban is that he always pays attention to detail. And with him building the staff around him of guys who've been in the league for a while and him being able to basically be the CEO and let those guys do their job and him being able to do overlook everything, it sets him up to be successful. And that's what people – that's what guys who come from college struggle with is knowing who to allow to do certain things because in college you can run everything no problem and you practice on separate fields and you don't have to worry about that. I mean, when Steve Spurrier came to the NFL, he expected the defense to practice on a separate field there in Washington when he became head coach. Urban, much better equipped for the NFL game now, especially with, as you said, the game headed that direction. What do you think that, let's say, over under six wins next year for the Jags. Over. Over. Yeah, I really – I mean, again, I think you look at the roster. It's got pieces. It really does. Um, better quarterback play, and, and you know, you still have – although they traded off some of the, the, the defensive assets they have, there's still a lot of talent on that defensive end. Mm. Um, and and I, I think, again, in this league, teams aren't – even though teams that win one or two games, they're not necessarily that far off. It really all depends. Jacksonville, I think, is one of those teams. Now, there's teams that it's completely bare, um, but the, the the quarterback position really kind of masks a lot of those deficiencies. I'm with you on that. And thinking about something else, Hayes said, they might move to the 3-4 on defense there. So that would probably put Josh Allen and Clavon Chase in standing up with Miles Jack, Miles Joe Schobert in the middle. Yeah. Those are four solid linebackers in a 3-4, but you definitely need to work on something up front. Larry Ogunjobi can play that end position. You get a bigger guy in the middle. Maybe Taven Bryan does step back up and do something, but definitely pieces. The secondary solid. You got C.J. Henderson, who didn't play a lot last year. D.J. Hayden's a free agent for them. He's okay, but he's a guy who can add depth. Their safeties need to get better at safety. They trade away Ronnie Harrison. I mean, there are pieces there for the Jags, and we'll see where they go. I'm with you, though, over six wins. I could see this an 8-8 eight eight team, especially with that division. And while we're talking that division, 
The big news of the day, of course, Adam Schefter breaking that Deshaun Watson has formally asked for a trade from the Houston Texans. It's formal now. It's official. It's it was pretty formal before. Deshaun Watson cuffing season, as the kids say these days, cuffing season, whatever the hell that is. I don't even know. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> the kids know. And so for all the kids watching, yeah, we're cool. We're hip. But anyway. We're not. We're not. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah. So Deshaun Watson, <laughs> he plays in that division, the AFC South. He plays for the Texans as of now. We're going to talk Harrison Glazer coming up here, New York Jets. Possible site. That's these okay. again two one like fascinating teams to start mm-hmm. off the all season because so much turnover, new head coaches, new regimes, top picks, Deshaun Watson on the market. Um, I mean that's a is a damn good as a start to the off season uh, breakdown as we can get in my opinion. Deshaun Watson is he a Houston Texan next year? Mm-mm. No. I mean, it sucks because they they buried themselves. They did this themselves. He should be a Houston Texan next year, but mm-hmm. it sounds like it's too far gone at this point, to be honest with you. And I get that. But when you look at it really from the way the NFL works, he signed his contract 145 days ago. If he threatens to say, hey, you know what? I'm not coming back to the Texans. I'm not playing there. He signed this contract for the same owner who's there now, for the same Jack Easterby who's there now, 145 days ago. If he decides to retire, $21.4 million, he has to write a check to go back, or that goes back to the Houston Texans. They have that that. leverage. He's not going to retire. He's not going to retire. But, I mean, there's people who are like, oh, this is the first time since Carson Palmer that a big-time quarterback's going to get traded. And Carson Palmer went for two ones. Jay Cutler went for two ones. But it's not a Carson Palmer situation. It's not a Jay Cutler situation, even though I guess Cutler's the one you can compare it to more so. I mean, the, the shitty part of it is is the no trade clause, like mm-hmm. to an extent where he can kind of pick and choose. He can say, I'm not going there. Um, that makes it more difficult. That to me is the leverage he kind of has. But at the same at the same time, we don't have to trade you. You're a top five, top seven quarterback. Um, I, you know what I mean? So I think they have to trade him just because of mm. it's going to ruin the ends. I, I think that culture, it's just bad. I mean, what is J.J. Watt saying today? Like, what, you know what I mean? Like, what how, What do the, the players there think? I mean, they clearly are off the rails. It's actually more embarrassing than Browns and Lions shit. I mean, it's gotten so bad. It's 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 kind of fun to see another team be the like the laughing stock of the league, but – but damn, man, to, to to basically have a a guy sign a contract, which is basically what thirty nine annual or something like that. I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, some around there. And then for half a year later, he's like, "Get me the hell out of here." Um, yeah. And you know, JJ Watts, like, dude, I understand. They oh yeah. My career, and I stayed here. We he apologized to him the last game of the season, and now they bring in David Culley, sixty five years old. He is 27 years in the league. He's a new Texans head coach. He was the Ravens passing game coordinator, wide receivers coach. And the craziest thing is he gets a job before Eric Bieniemy. He was on the chief staff with Eric Bieniemy, a chief staff that had Doug Peterson that had Matt Nagy. So these are all Andy Reid guys. But he was the wide receivers coach for the Chiefs the year that zero wide receivers caught touchdowns. Yet this guy gets a job ahead of Eric Bieniemy. Okay. 
Eric Bieniemy has some serious allegations in his past. So he does. For everybody that's like screaming and like Eric Bieniemy should be hired, Eric Bieniemy. Clearly, there's something going on. He's gotten he's gotten his interviews. Um, you know, for me, this this seemed like a what the Texans thought they could hire a black dude to coach and make Deshaun Watson happy. Mm-hmm. I honestly, and, and not to be like that's just kind of how I feel about it. I mean, if you look at the hire and everybody that says that you know the hiring that oh there's all these these guys that are on you know they don't deserve the job they don't have you know the resume. That's kind of what they just hired here. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, and I could be wrong, but that's certainly from the outside looking in how it feels. Um, but as far as Eric Bieniemy goes, I don't know. I, I mean, there's clearly a reason the guy's not getting jobs. I mean, this is the NFL. If you are that legit of a candidate, they're not going to not hire you because of, in my opinion, the color. I, I think teams aren't winning football coaches. That's what they want. Yep. Uh, and they're going to hire who that guy is. Um, but what a weird reach. The Texans literally are like in la-la land by themselves. Nobody knows what in the hell their really plan is. Deshaun Watson's – and that's why Deshaun Watson is like, get me the hell out of here. What are mm-hmm. we doing here? Like, Bill o- this is all Bill O'Brien's fault at the end. It is, <laughs> and Nuke it's great there, to be able to blame him. If Nuke was there and they were – Still making play. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they were a decent team. Bill O'Brien got the team to the playoffs on multiple occasions. So, And when you look at it, according to ESPN, Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback without DeAndre Hopkins because his ESPN QBR rating was way higher without Nuke Hopkins. You know, that's what what you can put into the ESPN QBR statistic right there. But now that David Culley gets hired, he is the second minority head coach. The first one was Robert Sala, who we'll talk about more later with Harrison Glazer of TakeFlightMedia.org when we talk the New York Jets. But the Ravens now get two third-round picks, one this year and one next year, because David Culley was hired by the Texans. That rule, good rule, bad rule, or just fix the thing and make it right, it's a racist rule. Okay. In my in my opinion, it is it is literally saying I mean, you're giving away third round pick. Third round picks are what we're saying just because listen, teams it's just the incentive of it feels dirty to me in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh and I don't know, it just feels like of course we want diversity as far as minorities and things in our coaching ranks because there's certainly more of them that deserve the gigs than there are now but i feel like this is kind of like it just feels uncomfortable to me the whole damn thing it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense um i mean so for example the lions i mean look at their entire i mean they've hired more i mean they probably have more minority coaches than any team in the league now and the picks are for coach head coaches and and I think front office executives. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems like it's just a weird ass rule that just feels kind of weird and dirty and forced. And I don't think that minority coaches and things. I, I don't think those coaches feel like. I think they probably feel the same way. Like it's kind of just weird. I'm with you. And wouldn't it make sense that the rule would be better if the team hiring the minority candidate got a draft pick as well? We should have 40 incentivize that. draft picks, dude. 
yeah, I mean, it should make more sense that way. Like it would. I mean, the rule. Okay, I understand why you're doing the rule because we do need more diversity. We need to fix that. However, do a rule that makes sense because when you're giving the Ravens two third round picks, let's say you're the Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals, Pittsburgh Steelers, and you're got you're looking for a new front office guy, new head coach. You don't want to give the Ravens two third round picks because the Ravens draft excellently. And with those third round picks, they're going to get possibly two pro, bowl, two pro bowlers or pro bowlers or whatever. I was about to slur there. Are you going to look at teams eventually? As I posted this on Twitter earlier. I mean, and they're going to be like, well, we got this white dude who's good and this black dude who's good. And they're just about even. But if we hire the white dude, the Ravens don't get any draft picks. I mean, is that the way it's going to end up being? Could you see a team being that petty to not want to give up? That competitive advantage? Yes. Could you not? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, that's what made and, me think and, of it and, this morning. And so how does that help minority coaches get hired? It does. I mean, and we're not, I'm not saying this This could be kind of like a one-off of, of a very rare situation, mm-hmm. you know, per se. But it's yeah. still a situation that absolutely could happen. I mean, there's teams – like, so So the Indianapolis Colts right now. You think that the, the Texans are going to trade Deshaun Watson to the Indianapolis Colts? He's not getting traded inside that division. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I was one that would say that Matt Stafford is going to the Colts, and I still believe that. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, it's just to me, I, I, it seems a little, a little fishy. Yeah. Where do you think Staff ends up? Yeah, Indianapolis. Is that wholeheartedly where you believe? He ends up, or are you buying into all these rumors about 49ers today? Indianapolis is my pick. And what do you expect to bring in? 14 to 15 first rounders. Um, no, I, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be, I mean, the, the, the starting is, is a first round pick. I mean, I think we've heard that. Mm. You know, third, of the, third of the league is contact the Lions regarding Matt Stafford. I just think, uh, I think the perfect fit in the Lions are going to do what's right by Matt Stafford too. They're not going to just completely, you know, put him out in the middle of nowhere. They're going to send him to a contender. I think he fits in with that organization great. They have a wonderful offensive line. Um, I think that's the spot. What do I mean? What, do, what about you? I've been with you all along. Twenty-one, eighty-three. I believe starting point. Give him the first and third, and then next year you say, hey, we'll give you a compensatory fourth that could be as high as a third, but as low as a fifth, depending on playing time, depending on where they get him. Matt Stafford in Indianapolis makes the Colts an AFC contender right away. Because to me, I think he does the same thing to the the, the Niners too. Yeah. And to me, Matt Stafford is the most underrated, underappreciated quarterback in all of football. I will remember you. And people give him what? 74, 74 and 90 is his career record with the Lions. And people give him shit over that? I mean, I don't know what you want me to say, dude. I'm going to miss him. You know, I mean, you're going to miss him. You've appreciated him. He's been part of your life for 10, 11 years now. 12. 12 years. 12 years. 12 years. Wow. I remember when they drafted him. I was just a wee lad with lots of hope. But now. It's been all out the window at this point. (laughs) And speaking of lots of hope. Let's move on to our second team of the night that we are going to preview, and that is the New York Jets, and we will bring on Harrison Glazer, who is 
the writer and Jets reporter for TakeFlightMedia.org. And, yeah, you're right. You hit me up with a message just before you came on. Could have been worse. Could have drafted Mark Sanchez. And, yeah, my Browns gave you those picks to get Mark Sanchez. <laughs> and I you did, man. I wanted Mark Sanchez. How you yeah, doing tonight, Harrison? Yeah. I'm good, man. I'm good. I want to thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Excited to be talking football with you guys. Let's hey, do it. We are glad to have you on. So how are things in New York? How are Jets fans feeling about Robert Sala as the new man in charge? And what are expectations year one? Things are great. And it's just wonderful. <laughs> I mean, we finally got rid of Adam Gase, who was a train wreck from the beginning. A guy I never wanted, never wanted a part of. I mean, we've had owners for the longest time that have just been the most dysfunctional owners in all of football for a while, and they finally made the right moves. They brought in Joe Douglas, who I love, big fan of, talked about him a lot, love him since the draft he had, said the day after the draft, loved his picks. He took everybody basically on my board, except about two guys. Now we got Robert Sala, man. It is great. Things are moving. And when you bring in a guy like Sala, same thing after Douglas came in, it's a culture change. And we see that now with what you see with Deshaun Watson. Oh, man, I love Deshaun Watson possibly coming to the Jets. Love that kid at Clemson. Watched him with my dad for years. Thrilled about that. But it's great, man. It's it's a culture change. It's a breath of fresh air. And Jet fans are excited. This is the guy they wanted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're both familiar with culture changes. My team's and been trying to change its culture for, for, for my entire life. Um, let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Um, what do you think it would look like in a deal to bring Deshaun Watson, um, you know, to be a New York Jet? It's interesting because, you know, if Deshaun Watson was still in his rookie contract and money wasn't an issue, man, if this was even an option, you'd be thinking seven first round picks, Joe Douglas's children, like anything you can imagine. <laughs> But it's an interesting situation because this year it's not too bad, the following year coming up. But the year after that, he's going to be on for $35 million. And not every team in the NFL could swing that, even if they wanted a piece of him. But the biggest factor is that no trade clause in his contract. Mm -hmm. Again, love Deshaun, brilliant guy, smart guy. He knew what he was doing. He made it that if he wants to get traded, he dictates it. If he doesn't want to go here, he doesn't go there. He goes where he wants to go. Or the Texans either have to figure something out or it's, it's not a great situation. So yeah. he kind of, interestingly enough for a player, which isn't always the case, he holds the cards. And it's interesting to see. And because of that, I think the Jets could easily give the uh, Texans the second overall pick of this draft, which would be perfect for them because whether they want to accept it or not, they're in a rebuild. And that's why Deshaun Watson wants out. They've let all the talent go. They have horrible owners that I'm very familiar with that situation as you guys were talking about as well. And because of that, it's an interesting situation, but I think with that second overall pick, they that would be great for them because then they could take their rookie quarterback in the future, somebody to build around on a rookie contract, who, my word to Texan fans, you want Zach Wilson every day of the week. But you give them that, I say the highest pick the following year, highest pick the next year, three consecutive years of first-round picks. I think that can get it done. Yeah. 
Uh, let me ask you this. So, say it doesn't get done. Okay. Say, say, Sean Watson says the hell to go with going to the Jets. I want to go wherever the hell he wants to go. So now we're sitting here with Sam Darnold. We're sitting here with the number two overall pick. We got Adam Gase the hell out of town. Thank God. Um, so now we're sitting at two. Is Darnold our guy? Are we drafting a quarterback at two? It's interesting because if, if you look at the way I felt back in the beginning of the season, I felt Darnold hadn't gotten enough time. I felt like he needed more opportunity. I felt like he'd been a product of the environment that he was in with mm -hmm. Adam Gase, horrible coaching, no talent around him. I wanted to stick with him even when the Lawrence conversation was going on. I'd written an article called The Definition of Insanity. You can't just keep going for quarterbacks without having a team. But interestingly enough, and I think it's just the way, you know, fans are. Everybody, you mentioned yourself. You love Matt Stafford. You didn't want to see him go. At the end of the season, I took a step back. I looked at the situation. I looked at the things he's done, even with Gase, Joe Flacco, Ryan Tannehill, had done significantly better in that system. I've come to realize that even with the talent necessary, Darnold can be good. But I don't think he can be great. I've come to realize that I don't think he can ever be a top five, top 10 NFL quarterback. So I started to move on from him in that situation. And when I started to looking at the rookie quarterbacks, I fell hard for Zach Wilson. I just fell hard. This kid, I've been saying it long before the analysts have been saying it recently. Go back, take a look. I've been saying it for months. This kid has everything you want in a franchise quarterback. Guys like Justin Fields, you know, Excellent physical talents. Those are great deep ball, but there's certain cerebral traits you look for in the quarterback position. I haven't seen them from him. I see them from Wilson in spades. His pocket awareness, his ability to read the field. In the pocket, he looks like Russell Wilson to me. Like he really does. With this wow. ability to anticipate the play. And the best example, I mean, I was falling for him throughout the year. Watch the Coastal game. That Coastal game where he was just under duress the entire time. It, it just sold it for me. So if Deshaun Watson isn't it, you're taking Zach Wilson at number two. I think that the best situation at this time is to move on from Sam Darnold, give him a shot somewhere else. What kind of value does Darnold have on the market? I think it's interesting because, you know, we have a lot of retirements recently. Originally, I would say, oh, you're lucky if you can get maybe a fourth, fifth. But Drew Brees is, it hasn't been official yet, but he says he's retiring. He's Phillip done. Rivers has officially retired. So that's two teams in play right there. Washington could be in play. Pittsburgh could be in play to get a guy to sit under Roethlisberger for maybe a year or two. So with a potential bidding war, I mean, if everyone starts offering, maybe Washington offers a third, Pittsburgh offers a second. Hell, maybe somebody like the Colts offer a first outright. So, I mean, it's it's interesting to think about, but that that's my favorite situation right there. Ideal scenario. Jets three firsts in a row to get to Sean Watson. And if we can get a first for Sam Darnold, we still have two first-round picks this year, which would be incredible. And Darnold, he has at least one more year on his contract. They have until May 3rd to exercise the fifth year. He's 9.62 against the cap. And if they cut him, they'd only save less than a million dollars. But a trade saves them just about $5 million. So really with the cap, Darnold could even be there, maybe even, a, even as a backup for Deshaun if that happens. But outside of the quarterback, Marcus May is a free agent. Are they going to spend to keep Marcus May? It'd be stupid not to. I mean, I don't think he's going to be that expensive. I've crunched the numbers again, look at it. In my personal opinion, I think he's going to be making somewhere – between I'd say seven and eight million a year. So like four years, 36 million, maybe 16 million, 
possibly high 20 million guaranteed, it's mm. not going to be that expensive to keep him on. And he's been fantastic. He's proven ever since Adams was shipped away, the safety's not as crucial as it used to be. It's much better to have elite cornerbacks and decent safeties. But May's proven now that he's gone, he stepped up. He stepped up big time. And I would, I, I definitely don't see why he wouldn't be resigned. And as you speak about cornerbacks, Brian Poole, one of the uh, undersung heroes in the NFL as far as defenders, no one talks about him. The 11th-ranked cornerback, corner PFF, 77.1 ranking, but he's a slot guy, 359 snaps in the slot. Brian Poole is a guy I feel the Jets need to keep. Is he staying as well? Well, interesting <laughs> interesting scenario here, unique idea. So Brian Poole's amazing. I mean, I'm not going to question that at all. He's mm -hmm. fantastic. I love the kid. He's closer to 30 years old than not, but he does have the talent. Here's the thing, though. You mentioned his 71 PFF. A guy you got to check out, my man, Javelin Guidry. Oh. Javelin Guidry is an undrafted rookie currently on the team, significantly younger, in that three-year contract. I believe his PFF this year was 73 point something, which for a rookie is fantastic. Yeah, I remember absolutely. watching this kid when we picked him up as an undrafted guy. My favorite thing about him, his speed is elite. Watch this kid run track. I mean, he's one of the few guys, I think, in the NFL that, no joke, could probably run step-for-step step with a guy like Tyreek Hill. He is unbelievably fast, great agility, prototypical slot cornerback. My issue when we drafted him, how will he be in coverage? How will his ball tracking skills be? He's mm -hmm. been great. He's been fantastic. So I would say Poole is awesome, but I want to roll with Gidry. I honestly am okay with not paying Poole because he's going to be expensive. Let him hit free agency. I got Gidry in the slot all day. And you say he can keep up with Tyree Kill, but can he keep up with Scotty Miller? I think so, man. This kid's a burner. <laughs> if you check it out, I mean, it, it, it's, it's incredible. I watched this track video of him back in college. It's amazing. He's, they, they call the, 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 what do you call it? You know, like the go. Everyone starts running. Then you just see this one guy just pull ahead of everybody else. Like everyone else is running in slow motion. Man, it's like same thing like with a guy like Ashton Davis. These mm -hmm. guys are burners. They're fast. And that's what you need nowadays in the NFL. Absolutely. So what is a dream first round if you don't trade for Deshaun Watson for the New York football Jets? That's tough for me, man. I mean, like I said before, I feel like he holds all the cards. And he said he wants to come here. If that's true, his preference mm -hmm. is here. So I just want to pretend it's a reality. <laughs> but let's just say, you know, it's not a reality. Zach Wilson all day. I love that kid. He's fantastic. Fell for him a long time ago. He is by far the best, the second best quarterback in this draft behind Trevor Lawrence. You take him with the Seattle pick. A couple of interesting ways you can go. The Jets need an edge rusher. My personal favorite edge, I know people are high on Rousseau. My guy is Patrick Jones the second. This guy is unbelievable. If you haven't seen him play, uh, pick a game. Doesn't matter. Any game. The kid is just unbelievable. He does everything you could want, hands down. I also love Creed Humphrey at center. I'm hoping they can maybe get him with a second-round pick. So that's the beginning of the draft for me. But, heck, I can take it through all of them. I do my own draft analysis. <laughs> love it. And you can, you can find that on TakeFlightMedia.org. Drew, you got any more questions about the Jets for Harrison right now? You know, no. I To be honest, it's been fantastic, and I, we appreciate you having – or, you, you know, you coming on. So the only other thing I'll follow up with is – do you think that Robert Sala has put in the right personnel, the right coaches around him for being a first-time head coach to have success early on? Or is this roster, a second question, even with a Deshaun Watson ready to win 
say Deshaun Watson comes, is this roster winning nine games? Because I have a hard time seeing that. Okay, so the first part with the coaching staff, I'm pretty excited with a lot of the guys he's brought in, specifically Michael Floor, because he has a double edge that he brings with him. One specific one, his older brother, Matt LaFleur, has not only been unbelievable, I know there was that bad play calls, he's taken a lot of heat right there now, but Aaron Rodgers in the past has loved him, huge supporter of him, said that he's thrived significantly more in this offense than he's ever thrived in any offense before. He obviously is his brother, so he's got to have some MVP. insight. There. He's yeah. going to be MVP. Should be. Should be. But And then also you got him and then – the Kyle Shanahan system, which is unique because a lot of people call it the West Coast system. It's not a traditional West Coast system. If you look at Kyle Shanahan in interviews, he said it's a unique system that was actually created by his father. It's actually a unique offensive system, which is a West Coast system with more of a deep ball philosophy, where instead of like what a reg traditional West Coast system, you have power uh, speed backs with short play action passing in Shanahan system, yep. you tend to more have a power back with deep play action passing. So it's a variation on the West Coast, but he brings that as well, that unique Kyle Shanahan system. The, the, the staff is fantastic. Knapp has been around forever in the NFL. I mean, the guy's coached for so long that when, people, when the Jets hired him, people were like, that guy's still in the NFL? You just couldn't believe it. So, but you mentioned before with the roster, I think Joe Douglas is the key with that. He's unbelievable, nailed his first draft. Everybody, almost everybody I wanted. I feel that, the team is pretty stacked right now, but again, you bring in Deshaun Watson. If that happens, Allen Robinson's following him. He said it. I mean, he's liking the tweets. He's happy about it. Robinson comes in. Now his three targets are Robinson, Mims, and Crowder. I'll take that every day of the week. What they need to do is they need to get a running back behind him. I say pair him with a Clemson guy, put Travis Etienne back there. There's a lot of ways you can go in the draft. They got to get an elite edge rusher. They need a center because Connor McGovern is decent in the run but a liability in pass coverage. You need a better center. So I like guys like Creed Humphrey. But I think with a good draft, they can do it, man. I definitely think with Deshaun Watson, too. Watson, any team he goes to, book it. They're going to be fantastic. I mean, last year, with nobody on his team, he was leading the NFL in most categories. Deshaun Watson is amazing, and he is going to light up any team he goes to. They did win four games. Still. Still. And, yeah, I mean – Nearly 70% completion, almost nine yards per attempt. Yeah, Deshaun Watson is amazing. Add in the receivers he could get, get a running back. Could change things in New York really quick. Now, before we let you get out of here tonight, we like to play a game getting to know you. Yes. <laughs> We're going to do some rapid-fire questions here. Let's do it. All right, favorite movie? Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, I love a lot of movies. Uh, that's tough. I'm, I'm a big movie guy. guy. Big movie guy, yeah. Like a lot of movies, mainly comedies, big satire guy. First one that pops in your head. Oh, that's tough. Uh, favorite movie? Oh, man. Favorite movie. One you can watch over and over and over and over again. We're slowing down. Maybe, the I'd probably say my co- maybe my cousin Vinny. Oh, that's my cool. cousin Vinny, I'd have to say. Favorite answer. band or artist? Uh, again, also a lot of big bands I like. I grew up on Green Day, but I'm a big country guy now. Yeah. So, wide, wide array. Okay. Best jet in your lifetime? Oof. Personal favorite jet that I loved watching the most, Chad Pennington. I still feel like that guy. I love that answer. A legend. I love that answer. Yeah, my man. I mean, anybody that watched him, I was at the game with my dad when Vinny Testaverde got hurt and they brought him in 
before any of those injuries, rookie season, man, that was unbelievable. I remember taking him down the field, touchdown after touchdown, turned to my dad and said, this guy's going to win us Super Bowls. And I know this is a bold statement, but I'm saying it right now. If he hadn't got hurt, he would have been Tom Brady. Wow. I just get it. That is <laughs> I'm going to remember that. I'm going to mark that down. That was at 55.30 into the show, so I have that time stamp. Cat or dog guy? Dog guy. I got my dog right next to me right over here. What kind of dog, dog you guy? got, man? Tilt it down on her. <laughs> What's up, that works. <laughs> She's a uh, treeing walker coonhound mix, right. so it's like a small coonhound. Cool. Yep. Beer Love or it. bacon? Sorry, I didn't hear that one. Beer or bacon? Oof, oh, uh, probably uh, bacon. I like food. <laughs> All right. I did uh, check in here by you, our social studies teacher. What's the weirdest thing a student ever asked you? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Students have asked me some crazy stuff. And I'd I say figured. some of the some of the best ones are just when right after you said something, they just look at you and just with a blank stare, ask you the exact question of what you just said. Like you oh, didn't that. say it. That's probably one of the best ones because everyone also in the class is just like, is this kid for real? That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Xbox or PlayStation? I'm a little bit of both, which is unique. I mean, I used to have a 360, got the PS4 because at the time it was the better system. Now they're both kind of equal. So I haven't really decided yet which way I'm going to go. All right. Fireman Ed, awesome or annoying? Awesome, man. Okay. I mean, without a doubt. <laughs> That's a great question. Oh, man. Uh, favorite memory of being a Jets fan? And you may have already said it. Uh, actually, it's it's kind of it's kind of corny, but you know, I remember my uh, first Jet game when I went to it with my dad. I was like seven years old. You know, I don't remember the game exactly how it mm -hmm. went, but the Jets played the Dolphins. I know the Jets kicked the game-winning field goal. So oh. I was seven, so it had to be like – Man, we're talking like uh, 95, 96, around then. And I remember my dad just turning to me and going, they won the game because of you. And I was yeah, seven oh, years yeah. old, awesome. so I totally believed it. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, they won because of me. And that was just like that was got me into football. And then it was just from then on. That is awesome. Harrison, cool. thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Harrison, man. check out takeflightmedia.org take to check out Harrison's writing. Follow him on Twitter. Harrison, thank you so much. You have a great night. And, uh, appreciate it, brother. My pleasure, man. It was awesome. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks. And again, yep, check out Take Fly Media. We'll check you out, brother. Appreciate right. it again. Have a good one, buddy. Thank you, guys. Peace. Thank you. So we got Jets out of the way. Harrison joined the show. Awesome. We are going to continue. Energy, man. Dude, he, he's a hyper dude. We enjoy energy on this show. And in a little bit, we're going to bring – our favorite energetic guest that's on the show. He is basically the third member of the show. Yeah, he's pointing at himself in the screen, but we're not going to bring him on just yet. I we're can't, finish I can't see that. Jets. You I can, can I can. I can see it. So Harrison uh, brought up some stuff. I mean, the, the Brady thing, I made sure we'll keep that. The Brady-Shad-Henny thing. Awesome dog. Uh, Alan Robinson, you think he ends up a Jet? No. I think he you comes home. I think he comes home. You got like a little train running around you over there? I hear like a clicking noise all of a sudden. I don't know if anyone else watching can hear that. I hear like a little clicking. I don't see any trains. I mean, I'm I'm 
I'm not saying I'm sober, but I'm not like uh, to the point where like I got trains going. I can't tell. I think, I think that uh, he goes to Detroit. He comes home to Detroit. Sticking with that, and Kenny G leaves. Yep. All right. And now to continue our preview into next season already, we're going to bring on Chris at Detroit Beastie. Let me find his banner here. We will welcome Detroit BC. Follow him on DFSCheatSheet.com at Detroit BC on Twitter. We get him as he's taking a drink. Chris, brother, how you doing tonight? I'm great, boys. Thanks for having me. I was here, and then I started doing some other things. And right when I get comfortable, you know, wanting to do more notes, letting you guys do your thing, you bring me on. I, I could have been in the bathroom it's, for all you know. It's my host. Party. It's not my fault. Hey, yeah. going, that's the way we do things here. We all drink on screen, hang out, do whatever. It's it's laid back atmosphere. Perfect. What you what you drinking over there tonight? Uh, uh, just some Arnold Palmer. Mm. Nice. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? I can't. Uh, yeah. Let's pay our. Let's pay our. You know, due diligence yeah. to the the Arnold Palmer. I was laughing because I, I totally forgot he was dead. I felt bad, actually, for yeah, a second I there. Know. I didn't even know he passed on. <laughs> Jesus, guys. Come on. Get together. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, man, I, I totally forgot about that. Dude, I still think it's like 2005, okay? It's not. Yeah. That was I mean, wild. I would be, uh, yeah, I'd be a junior in college. Yes. Yeah. Those were better days, man. Nah, I don't know. I, I think that <laughs> those people that you know that are constantly looking back and saying, you know, high school was the the best part of my life or college was the best part of my life, they're doing something wrong because the best part of your life should be you should be in it right now or looking True. forward to that. So I mean I had a blast in high school and middle school and even college, but you know, that was fun. That was then, this is now. A lot of other stuff I think that I, that I'm building that you guys are building that's uh way better than than back then when we were kids agree with that can't go wrong there chris uh we bring you on every week to talk fantasy football we got nothing this week as far as fantasy wise how was bottom of the barrel last week for those who didn't get to check it out possibly uh well it was great let me look it over real quick because i'm going to write one for the super bowl but yeah again this is which we can't wait for yeah. yeah, I mean, it, you know, the old me would have published it, you know, Sunday night of the championship round, hoping to get, you know, <laughs> views, you know, for two weeks worth of views. But uh, it'll be out, you know, regular time. So th this Thursday. coming uh, Tuesday, Thursday, right? Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Last week it was great. I highlighted uh, Tom Brady, uh, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, or excuse me. Yeah, Ronald Jones the second was in there. I had Lazard and uh, – Valdez Scantling, they both scored, nice. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Aaron Jones was mentioned. He was just shy of, he was 8000 bucks on FanDuel, $6,500 on FanDuel. But as I, I've been saying all, all postseason with you guys, and even in my writing, uh, there's only so much we can do. And again, in the playoffs, especially Championship Sunday, uh, there was only, there's only four teams, so there's no time to get cute. Who gives a crap mm -hmm. about salary? Right. If yeah. you like the guy and he's in a good spot, then you play him. So, you know, bottom of the barrel, I did it last season too. It kind of transitions into just a very, uh, a very good and educational DFS article at a certain point. Cause in the Super Bowl, uh, there's, you're not going to want a guy on your DFS roster who's 4,000 bucks when you can mm -hmm. fit in, you know, Tyree Kill and, and Godwin and all these guys. So don't get cute. And uh, here we are. And although we're coming up to what the last week of the season next week, 
Chris is dropping DFS for multiple different platforms. This isn't just NFL yep. here. So make sure to, you know, check out his page. I, uh, you know, I dabble in a little golf myself. Um, I, oh, yeah. you know, I, oh yeah, I do enjoy some golf, but, uh, I've seen your basketball stuff. I've seen the hockey. Um, so definitely mm -hmm. stay tuned because you're all, you're even in the off season of football, you're still putting out fire content. Yeah. Well, I do want to thank you for the hockey. Yeah. Hockey is my, my favorite. That's my, my first love. That's okay. what introduced me to DFS was NHL, the NHL DFS. I've loved hockey since. You know, I was a boy. I would put hockey above football, hockey, baseball, and then football in terms of my DFS. And then you, you mentioned basketball uh, DFS. I Maybe once or twice a week I'll, I'll do that. And, again, I've said it to everybody that's even asked. Uh, I don't know much. I lean on my optimizer, so it would be misleading of me to, you know, publish stuff, uh, you know, just based on an optimizer because it's not mm -hmm. my stuff. It's a computer-based right. system. Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, thanks for mentioning basketball, but every once in a while I get people who will message me and I'll do what I can. It's just not my favorite. It's kind of my least favorite, you know, professional sport. So, you know, why, you know, I, what I'm doing is it's fun. I love doing it. I love the interactions. I love being with you guys, you know, so football and you haven't seen nothing yet when it comes to baseball season and baseball DFS, but uh, I can't wait. You're you are seeing it now. Awesome. Hockey. Hockey's my hockey's my my strong suit when it comes He's to the DFS. you're the DFS wizard, man. You you do you, you is this something you think about when you lay down and when you wake up? Oh, constantly. Absolutely. <laughs> of course. I it. keep I literally I mean it's no secret. I, I it's not even a joke anymore when I tell you the notes that I have and the yeah. pens that I go through. Uh my girlfriend game, I don't have it around it. It's uh it's a Sharpie pen. It's not not the marker, but it's like a mm -hmm. gel writing Sharpie pen in the the ink stick in that thing was like maxed out. It was. <laughs> she gave it to me for free because she knows I, I write. I'm like a dinosaur with that. It was done and dried up in literally 12 or 13 days. Wow, and that's why you're the best, man. Because you Thank put you. in you put in the time and effort, and and you know, and people people take that to heart. And you've literally, if people listen all year long, um, you've made a couple dollars for for many many people. You're a bottom of the barrel all year long. It's been been fantastic thank you yeah and I, I appreciate you guys for having given me this platform to discuss it and everybody else who's who's read it i told you a couple weeks ago uh we, we we were close to half a million total views and and i've gone over now uh, half a million total views from the season of bottom of the barrel so thank you to everybody who reads it uh it, it's a hundred percent free and it'll remain a hundred percent free and because of that, I've gone over 10,000 followers on Twitter. I know. I saw that. So much good stuff happening. And it's it's yeah. a little bit, it's because of me. But the rest is everybody that's reading it and sharing it and talking about it. And, and guys like you who, uh, you know, humor me, have me on and, and let me discuss all this stuff. So uh, without you guys, without, you know, social media, it would just be, I would still write it because I love doing it. But mm -hmm. it, I don't think it would be, you know, such a, a hit as it is without you know shows especially yours here yeah and i think for me you're just like very genuine i think all the people that follow us can can sense that and yeah. and, and and that's why everybody loves having you and and again we uh we have heard from multiple people that listen to this show um how wonderful of a guest you've been all year and so we we definitely appreciate that and not i mean you've you've helped our show tremendously so 
so we uh we, we definitely are thankful for that man well we thank definitely you are thankful for that. i've yet to see a dime but well uh, yeah it's in the mail we'll cross that bridge when we get there, right? <laughs> <It's> hey <laughs> the money that's come in thanks to you it's it's all donated to soul shine the wildlife center so that's where it's all gone yeah, yeah. and Except still are mine, the number a, one selling shirt i bought gamestop stock with mine <laughs> oh, i don't even know what's going on i, I uh, see people keep ha- there's one that i've seen all day it's like uh it's like m money sign e it's a hashtag and mm-hmm. this robin hood they they, they yeah. didn't sell it and it, it, it's it was so big in the last two days that the guy from uh barstool sports Portnoy, uh, Brez, yeah Dave yeah, Portnoy, he, yeah. he came on and it, you could tell it was just nothing written down he was just pissed off because he's, this is the biggest robbery we've seen yeah. live in front of it ever, right? And there's already, uh, you could sign it. There was a class action. Actually, yeah. yeah. This is crazy. It is. I don't even it, know what's going on. This is what we need during, you know, the yeah. down week uh, before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Absolutely fun times. And, uh, Chris, right, right. last time you are on the show, we were going to hit you up with some uh, rapid-fire questions. We've been doing rapid-fire stuff all night. You know, we should probably hit Chris with a couple here. Uh, the first one I want to hit you with here is uh, franchise for anyone who plays fantasy football franchise. I'm going to give you two players. Pick the one you think should be on a roster next year over the other. Okay. So I'll go with, let's go DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery. Uh, Swift. I don't yeah. think it's close. And it's not because it's not because I'm a homer. You guys mm-hmm. know uh, I very much like David Montgomery, but given what's going on here, and I know this is supposed to be rapid fire, but uh, Anthony Lynn coming in to be the offensive coordinator is like awesome news for uh, DeAndre Swift. You saw what he did for uh, Austin Eckler the last few seasons. Mm-hmm. So uh, Swifty going up. It, it's close, and it's not a homer thing, I promise. Hey, we call it rapid fire, but there's no rules on this show. We do what yeah, we want. Sure. Deshaun Watson or Justin Herbert? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Uh, personally, uh, I like Herbert. Chase Claypool, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence? Joe Burrow. TJ Hawkinson or George Kittle? Nah, it's George Kittle, man. That guy's unbelievably fun and he's good and whatever. But again, TJ Hawkinson is coming from that Iowa tight end. Climbing. Thing, and he is coming from the George Kittle school of Working out and getting out and lifting weights mm-hmm. in the summer. So he got uh, huge between the, his rookie season and this season. I mean, it was it was considerable of bulk. He did. Bulk yep. up. And I'm telling you now, I'm not telling you anything you guys don't know, but look for TJ to make a big leap into the top, you know, five tight ends is, a, is set in stone, right? Look for him to be in that top three. Uh, Kelsey, Kittle, and TJ Waller. this time next year. Yeah. Cam Akers, Raheem Mostert. Oh, Cam Akers, 100%. I like Raheem, but Cam Akers is eleven. Fantastic. Mike Jasicki or Johnny Smith? Uh Mike Kosecki. Touchdown machines, by the way. Both of yep. them. Yeah. JK Dobbins or Ezekiel Elliott. Uh great question. And personally, uh I, I've already uh you know hitched my wagon to Zeke Elliott in the last week or so. Why? I don't know how it happened, but it's made sense. So uh, it made me feel better. <laughs> I sleep better at night. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, just because Lamar Jackson, he, he's 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 going to vulture so much uh, yardage and yeah. touchdowns away from J.K. And again, J.K. is going to be fine. He's going to be a stud, but his upside, as they say, is going to be capped. Team Stafford ends up on twenty twenty one. Hopefully, I'd personally like to see him on the Colts. 
Me too, brother. We're that's three of us all Colts. Yeah, we're all yeah. on the Colts. He just be great to see him on the Colts. I agree. I, I wouldn't mind San Francisco either because I think that team is ready to win too. But yeah, I think uh, I think Stafford at the Colts makes a lot of sense. I, I do really think it will cost more to send him to the Niners because they play them this year and it keeps them in division or keeps them in conference. They want to get him out of conference. I don't buy into that. I mean, in the same division, sure. That was, there's not yeah. going to Chicago, but going to San Francisco, not a big deal. All you got to worry about Get is him there. during the regular season. True. And then maybe in an NFC championship game, doubt it. Are you hey. all right over there, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. All right. Just I'm, just hitting, I'm just hitting buttons over here. Don't mind me. All right. Let's go into the getting to know you with Chris. We haven't done this one. We've been doing this all night. Sure. Favorite movie. Favorite movie? It's probably either Halloween, the original one with Michael Myers, or uh, any one of the Roger Moore James Bonds. For your eyes only, uh, Octopussy, Moonraker. Some, I mean, it, it's all lumped in, but you get the idea. Nice. Favorite band or artist? Uh, probably Pearl Jam is the favorite band, and then artist would be. Uh, I, I like Eminem. I mean, I, I was. I grew up on the east side mm-hmm. when he was right when he started to hit big and, you know, bend a lot of the same places. It's just kind of that thing. And he's just happens to be one of the best rappers of all time. True. Favorite Pearl Jam song? Probably uh, Alive. That one's, I mean, I know that's, uh, it's pretty standard. I'm not saying it's a good one, though. that's wild, but it man, that, that guitar solo. And then if you watch the old Unplugged videos or you go on YouTube, Eddie Vedder is just, he gets nuts in those and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And he was recently on Howard Stern and he's still fantastic. Still has yep. a damn good voice. If you could sit next to anyone on a plane, who would you choose? Oh boy, this is a great question. Um, wow. I would say probably Artie Lang, if you know who that is. Yep. Uh, yeah. The, the stories he would tell would be unbelievably fun and fantastic. And I think he's finally sober for, you know, an extended period of time in his life. Uh, Steve Eiserman yep. would be good. I would love that one. Or uh, probably like an NFL GM, anybody that I can pick their brain and network with, maybe. Nice. Was Steve Eiserman the savior? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it was so down in the dumps it's going to take some time but he'll get there i, I have full trust in steve eiserman favorite line of all time favorite favorite line favorite lion oh favorite lion of all I'm time Probably, words. um benny blades lomas brown uh oh billy sims or Corey schlesinger oh Corey schlesinger is a great one beer or bacon uh, bacon. I'm not a big drinker. I, I, I mean, yeah. I do drink, but I'm not. I could take it or leave it. Bacon, I can't do without. Gotcha. Bacon nice. beer. I'll take bacon beer. Oh, they, I'm sure, they, I'm sure, they make I'm sure that's a thing. I'm sure that's a thing, right? Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> it has uh, to I, be. I was just imagining bacon with a beer straw. It was kind of cool in my head for oh, a second yeah, there. Yeah. I have <laughs> had a, uh, a Bloody Mary. I like my Bloody Marys, like spicy, like a lot of garlic mm-hmm. and stuff. And I've had plenty of those with a big, you know, bacon straw or a meat straw with a slice of pizza hanging off of it. Nice. Meat straws. Meat straws. <laughs> I know. It's the sound. It sounds, <laughs> sounds. No, it doesn't matter. It sounds like a goddamn meat straw is what we need. Yeah. Like That's a hollowed good. out, like a hollowed out uh, jalapeno sausage or something. Oh, <laughs> sounds yes. delicious. It does. It does. All right. All right. There was a real quick, I don't know if you have if any of you guys ever been to Nashville, uh, Tennessee. I've been multiple times. There's, a, I, I went there uh, three summers in a row 
probably around 2012 to 2015. And there's a bar right on the main drag that has, you can play Nintendo 64, regular Nintendo, Super Nintendo. And we would go, our hotel was right down the street and we would go there. And they had still by far the best Bloody Mary bar I've ever been to in my life. And I could play uh, Mario Kart. Goldeneye. You could play Goldeneye. Yeah. Goldeneye, phenomenal game. I love it, man. Chris, brother, we appreciate you as always. And uh, hopefully next week we can uh, cross pass and get a little uh, little DFS for the Super Bowl. 100%. You guys, uh, you guys are in my planner every Thursday. So no matter awesome. what I'm doing, uh, I'm with you. Thank you, man. You have a great night. All right, bye. All right bye, Chris. We'll see you, man. All right. That has been interesting with our getting to know you. We've had some fun answers tonight. Yeah, yeah good, good, uh, good, good on your, your end there. Me uh, smacking stuff around here and hitting random buttons and slurring my words. It's been a fun show. Your camera just went whoosh. Yeah, I, said, I didn't know what the hell happened. I just I smacked the computer. I'm like, oh, crap. I don't know where I am right now. All right. Uh, my dad is chiming in with, once again, a question to try to stump us. Here we go. And, dad, how hammered are you right now? All right. Here's what the question should say. Who is the only quarterback to throw 25 interceptions in a season and win the Super Bowl. 25 interceptions. Jameis didn't win it. No, that's not. Um, I'm going to say... Joe Flacco. Rex Grossman was my guess. Oh, that's and win the Super Bowl though, bro. Oh yeah, I guess. Win. <laughs> they didn't win. They didn't I, win. I had to break down the question. It blew my mind. I uh, right. I don't think Joe Flacco threw 25 picks, but Eli didn't throw the 25 seasons. No, I mean I don't know. Anyone who has that answer, go ahead and throw it out. Who's I the only quarterback? I feel like it has to be like in like the the passing era because like before, there wasn't many twenty five pick seasons by four. I mean, there may have been a guy who threw like six touchdowns and twenty five picks, but they ran the ball with two backs. Like, I don't know, man. That, that's a tough one. All right, throw out the answer if you're still there and typing, and hopefully, it's more understandable than the question. But what a weird show we've had tonight with the Chad Henney could have been Tom Brady comment from Harrison Glazer. What That's throwing yeah. me off. Terry Bradshaw. God damn it. I was, God damn it. God damn it. I was, was going to say Terry Bradshaw. Bradshaw I was going to say Terry Bradshaw. Because I think he's the most overrated quarterback of all time. And then old people love to argue with me that Terry Bradshaw was great. Does he have but, hot daughters though? Yeah. So I've seen apparently. So his rating goes up. Yeah. But I don't remember how old they are. So I don't want to say they're that hot yet. Hmm. Hmm. We'll get that situation. I, I think you're safe. Okay, good. I, I mean, mean, he's it. like he's like 70 years old. I know. Like, it's I weird like you see these 80 year old dudes with like 20, like 15 <laughs> to 20 year old kids. You're right. BBC I go to my kids. It. I'm like, I go to my kids' parent teacher conferences, and I'm not young, but I'm not old compared to some of these people walking in there. There's like dudes walkers hobbling in there. But anyway, Chad Chad Pennington. Could have been Tom Brady. What are you thinking about that right now? Listen, man, I love 
I love Harrison's energy. Do too. too. Um, yeah. I love his thinking that Sam Darnold could get a first round pick. I mean, with a bidding war, I could possibly see it depending on There's what There's not a see bidding him. war. There's not going to be a bidding war. I mean, Josh Rosen um, is trading for a second round pick. Okay. <laughs> I, if if in we we if if we need to revisit this when he gets traded for a first round pick, I'll eat my words like I've done many many times, yep. and I'll, I'll continue to do many times. Except for about um, Justin Herbert, because we both said he was going to be the best quarterback ever. We did. That's on record. Sure. Just don't go back and listen to it. Uh, <laughs> no, but no. I listen. I I think just I, I think you can get maybe a second, mm-hmm. a third for sure for him. That's where I'm at with it. Um, as far as Chad Pennington and Tom Brady go, um, I want to hit the joint that guy's smoking, man. <laughs> yeah, I love it. We'll definitely have him back. He was actually yes, a lot of fun. I would love to have him back because he was a rock star, dude. I we love him energy back. Hayes Carlion from 1010XLAM in Jacksonville, 92.5 FM. The hey, we need to have my Jaguars. boy with the punting on every or uh, going for it every fourth down guy. Where, where, where's uh, he at? He will be on middle of February, hopefully. He will be All back right. on. And why I can't think of his name right now, it sucks, but I know exactly who you're talking about. And I do have his book somewhere around here. We will also have Matt Dietrich hopefully back on next week to talk Chiefs. But next week, we also have a big guest. We got uh, Dean Blandino from Fox, official who is uh, taking part in the Super Bowl. He will be with us. And the XFL lead rule maker and official he will be with us next week is a pretty uh pretty saucy uh person to have on next week yeah a lot of good questions we'll have for him and uh before we get out of here tonight might as well ask you some of these questions favorite movie um my favorite movie uh damn i'm gonna say my favorite movie is super true no super bad Super bad. I like Super Troopers and Super Bad. Super Bad is gonna be my favorite. You ever seen Super Troopers too? No, I'm sure it's terrible I, though. I have not watched it. I will not watch it because the first yeah, one was great. Yeah, the first one was fantastic. It's for a cup. Favorite band or artist? <laughs> Rush. Rush. Best line Rest in your lifetime. In peace. Uh, best line of my lifetime. Mike McMahon. <laughs> my Legend. guy. He was I, he was terrible. He couldn't throw, but he was scrambling around uh, while I was eating Thanksgiving, and the team was terrible, just like they are now. So, but no, in all seriousness, Calvin Johnson makes sense. If you could sit next to anyone on a plane, who would you choose? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. And I didn't mean to interrupt you and your rest in peace to Getty Lee. I think that's where you were going with that. No, Neil Pert. Neil Pert. Or Neil Pert. Yeah, my backwards. I had it backwards. I knew what I was thinking. But Getty Lee, though, yeah, you, you were spot on with Getty Lee. Yeah, I mean. I screwed up. I thought Gary I would, say, was I would rather movie. hang out with Tiger Woods doing anything. Like, that would yeah. be my. Uh, would you want to party with him, Michael Jordan, and Charles Barkley in Vegas? Yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> I would. And for those of you who haven't watched the Tiger documentary on HBO Max, do it. It's it a is, good documentary. It's very well done. I've watched it three times since, what, last week? So. Nice. Trying to see if I had anything else here. Uh, yeah. That's, that's good enough. Beer, bacon. Beer. Beer. That's what I, I love, and, and, and bacon's my favorite thing. But beer is well, beer is my favorite thing than bacon. Who makes the playoffs first? The Lions, Jets, or Jags? Uh the Jags. I am with you on that. But the Jets, if they get to Sean Watson next year. Notice how the see. Lions aren't being brought up. No. 
But your Lions are, I do like what your Lions are doing. A lot of good. I do too. A lot of good coaches coming in. The Anthony Lynn hire, man, that is going to be awesome. For also, them. I really like that. John Dorsey hire, giving Brad right. Holmes some uh, some experience. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of that as well. And I will say this: John Dorsey uh, did a lot of good here in Cleveland. He did did a lot of good in KC. The guy can't run an organization. He worries too much about stupid things. Can't handle money, but as can't a guy, as a guy for Brad Holmes to bounce ideas off of and to be a guy who just finds talent. Excellent, excellent choice. Who's the starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions opening day next year? I'm going to say the starting quarterback is going to be Tyrod Taylor. That's interesting. I like that pick. Not where I thought you would go, but I totally dig it. Anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here tonight? No. I uh, Torrey Pines. Tory Pines this week. Um, so it's one of my favorite tournaments. It's right on the ocean uh, out in San Diego. Check it out. Oh, and uh, we'll get back to this next week because I'm going to fade whatever pick you have for the Super Bowl. Well, that's what we need to determine. <laughs> Who gets first pick you of do. the game next you week? Do. You're, up, you're on right. the streak. You're on the streak. All right. Fair enough. Last week, I went 1-1, one one, Drew went 0-2. Oh so that means going into the final game of the year. We are tied at 110 and 53. So 163 games we've picked. Somehow it's come down to the Super Bowl. It will be our Super Bowl. Find out who we pick for the Super Bowl next week when you join us. Dean Blandino will be on the show. We'll get some Super Bowl guys on the show. Dean Blandino. Yeah, Dean Blandino is going to be a lot of fun. Interested to see what he has to say. Also, make sure you stay tuned for Ward's Wager, sponsored by the Tani CBD Olive Oil, 43-18-2 last year. 4-0 two weeks ago, 1-2 last week, 27-17-1 on the year. On a year in which we dealt with COVID and all kinds of other stuff, Drew just kicking ass with Ward's Wagers. And if you want to order Latani CBD olive oil for your Super Bowl party, get it started. To order it, call 440-479-4832 or email anandamidej at gmail.com. It's $16.99 a bottle, cheaper and bigger than your other CBD olive oils. And with that... It's been a hell of a show. Harrison Glazer, thank you for joining us. Hayes Carline, thank you for joining us. Chris, Detroit Beastie, thank you for joining us. Drew, thank you as always. And to everyone who watched, remember, this is the Full Coverage Football Show. And if you live the life you love, you'll love the life you live. Night, kids, and another salute.